Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. There was a young pastor who just got out of seminary, and they invited him to his very first church, kind of out in the country. And he, well, he was green, but because he was the new guy in town, uh, they had a, a man who died who was homeless, didn't have any friends or family in the area. And so the funeral home called this, this young pastor, since he was the new guy, and asked if he would do the funeral. And he agreed to do it, but he got lost. He was out in the country somewhere. He got lost trying to get there. He showed up an hour late. Hearst was already gone. Baco was there, and... Some of the workers were standing around the hole when he got there. The lid was already was on it. It was sealed. He felt bad about, about being late. And he felt like, you know, even though this guy didn't have any friends and family, he deserves a good message. So he preached one for 45 minutes, from Genesis to Revelation. And about halfway through, even the workers started getting with him. They were like, amen, glory, that's good. And uh, he wrapped it up, said a pretty long prayer, thanked the men for their time. And as he was walking to his car, he heard one of them look at the other one go, he said, boy, that's different. He said, I've been putting in these septic tanks for 30 years. I ain't never seen nothing like, like that at all. This year, I was talking with our staff on our very first prayer session, and I was talking with our staff about different about having a different year and some things we can do this year to be different. Because here's the, here's the thing, whether you like it or not, or whether you do anything different or not, this year will be different because different happens. You know, just in terms of relationships, relationships, well, they change. Babies come, kids graduate, kids move out, Kids move back. <laughs> you got situations with in-laws and outlaws and all of, all of that. But relationships are always in a, you know, friends change, things change. They're always in a state of flux. So this year in our relationships will be different. Our economic condition can change. And I'm praying that all of yours goes up. Yeah. Up, yeah. up and high. But sometimes, they, sometimes things decrease. Sometimes companies change. They get bought out. They start up. They merge. And so things can happen there. And so it'll be different economically. I hope it's good for all of you. That's our prayer. You know, you get, you get the idea that um, problems. Everyone kind of starts the new year thinking, man, this year we're going to have no problems. <laughs> Those of us who've been around more than like four years can tell you there are going to be problems in this year. And, and, some, of, and some of the problems you will solve. I believe, I believe we're going to solve some problems this year. And the challenge is new ones crop up. And so different happens. But then we can initiate different. We can do some things that are different. You know, a lot of times, immediately when people think of the new year, by the way, I don't do New Year's you know, resolutions. Oftentimes people make these they make like a list of 15 things that they're going to do, and, and they're huge. We're going to, I'm going to read 
the book of John every morning before I go to work. No, you're not. You're not going to, you're not going to do that. And so what happens is we make all these big resolutions, I, but I do believe if you want different, we have to do different. And so, you know, physically, if you, if you want different, you know, this, this year I've got some different, different goals or some things I want to do physically. So physically, it, it always boils down to eating and exercise. And so it's going to be eating and exercise and, and different. And, and so maybe everyone, I, I won't ask for a show of hands, people who started off January and we ate like there was no tomorrow all the way up until January 1st. And then we're like, oh, I'm, it's, it's going to be different this year. <laughs> Praying for y'all. Anyway, there's <laughs> the idea that, that we can do things physically different. Uh, personal development. There, there are things that you can start, things that you can stop, things that you can add, things that you can subtract, things that you might say, you know what, I, I want to I grow in this area. I want to learn this area. I, you know, I find there are things I want to eliminate because they give me better focus time. And so there's things you can do differently there. Uh, and then in our relationships, you say, well, that's a little tricky, Alan, because I can't control everyone around me. No, you, we can't. And if you're trying to, I, I'm going to save you some time. You cannot control the people around you. You can control your response and your reaction to them and how you initiate things with them. And so, for example, if you became a better listener this year, then that will help you in terms of your relationships. So there's things we can do there. So I've listed all these things, but this is church. And we don't just want to stop with natural things. We've got to have some spiritual things that we can do different. Because here's the beautiful thing about it. When we do something different spiritually, it begins to change everything else. And it has a great trickle-down effect. So I'm going to give you some things this morning you can do. And they're not huge things, but they're things that will make a difference in your life. Paul wrote to Timothy, who was like a son to him, and he said, reject profane and old wives' fables. Looking at you, Netflix. And I exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. It has promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, when you hear godliness, a lot of times people go, what in the world is that? Godliness is simply being devoted to God a devotion to God. And what Paul was writing Timothy, he said, listen, he said bodily exercise profits a little. Now, some people have used that as their excuse for never exercising. They're like, the Bible says, profits a little. And what it means is it profits for a little time. It profits while we're down here. I believe when we get to heaven, we are not gonna have to go to the gym. Amen. Can I get a witness from somebody that we, <laughs> that we can eat all we want and won't get fat? The wrinkles go away. We wake up every morning energized. In fact, we don't even go to sleep. We just, we're energized all the time. We look fit and young. You know, you're not gonna be old in heaven. Your grandma, you're gonna walk, you're gonna see grandma, you're gonna go, whoa, grandma, you look good. She's gonna give you seeing you lately. You look good. It's gonna, it's gonna be wonderful. But while we're down here, exercise does profit a little. But godliness, being devoted to God, that profits here and in the next life. And so I want to give you some things this morning. You can do three things. And they're not big things. Here's the thing. They're not big things, but they're life changers. Now, you don't have to change your whole lifestyle to have a life change. And so these are life changers. And, and they're small things, but you can do them. I can do them. And they'll make a difference. Anybody want a different year this year? 
How about a better different year? He said, yeah, you know, last year might have been, you know, 2020 was different, but it wasn't a good different. I, I'm looking for a better different. And so, you know, a, few, a number of years ago uh, in Europe, uh, cycling is huge. And the English were horrible at it. From 1908 to 2000, they had won one gold medal in cycling. They were bad. But they hired a guy, in fact, in fact they were so bad that there's a, a bicycle manufacturer that refused to sell the British any bicycles because they didn't want other people thinking that their gear was bad because the British were so bad. And so the, they hired a guy by the name of David Bailsforth. He's the coach, he came in, and he began to work with them on making little changes. He said this, he said, if I can just make some little changes on all the things that, talk, that, that deal with cycling, he said, if we make just 1% changes, he said, it'll accumulate and add up. So he did things like they changed the comfort of the seats. They added, they rubbed the tires with alcohol so they would have better grip. They wore different suits that were more lighter, more aerodynamic. And what's interesting was in five years, in the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, the English won 60% of all the gold medals. In 2012, they won uh, nine, they set nine world records and seven Olympic records. These guys just were incredible. And so they said just small changes. So this morning, small changes, they can make a big difference. We want a different year and we want a better year. So I'm gonna give you some things that you can do that I can do. And it, it's, a great, it's a great way to kind of set a tone. This is where we wanna go this year. Now it's different, but it's a better different. We're gonna use the example of Solomon. Solomon in the Bible was King David's son. He was the one who wrote the Proverbs. He was well known for, for being uh, amazingly wise. And so he started with his relationship with the Lord. And there's three things he did that we can do that are powerful. So let's read his story here. Solomon, now the bronze altar that was that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put, Solomon put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon and the assembly sought him there. That word means sought God there. And Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was the tabernacle of meeting. That was a place of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. And that's, we're talking sheep and goats and calves. That's a lot. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said, ask, what shall I give you? Solomon said to God, you've shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me a king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you've made me a king over the people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people. He's talking about leadership. I can lead them. For who can judge this great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart. And you've not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I've made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you and I'll give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. Solomon did three things. Solomon, the first thing he did was Solomon sought God. That means he looked to make a connection with God. He looked to make a relationship with God, to connect with God. So he went to the tabernacle of meeting and sought God. Now you say, well, why is that so unique? Because Solomon could have been a very satisfied young man. He was young. He was powerful. He was wealthy. He'd been made king. 
Everywhere he went, you got people smiling at you, going, good morning, King Solomon, sir. How are you? Opening doors. Man, you, you just, he's, he's the man. Married an Egyptian princess. This guy is, he's rolling. And he could have been very satisfied with where he was, but he had a heart hunger for God. He had a father named David who hungered after God. And Solomon did the very same thing. Solomon, in fact, one of the, one of the king's story of, that tells this very same event, this dream he had, said that Solomon loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. And I thought, man, what, what, he loved God and he sought God. He had a hunger for God. So he's very intentional about going to the place of meeting. He said, I am going, I'm, I'm going to seek. I'm going to try to make that connection with God. Then you see Solomon acknowledged God. In this offering, he had a thousand burnt offerings. Anytime the Bible puts a number on it, it's significant. And a thousand burnt offerings was significant. Man, that's a whole herd. That's a lot. These are all animals and and these were all choice animals. And he sacrificed these animals. And, and just, he, he had a heart for God. He's, he's acknowledging, God, you're the, you're the source of my life. Then he also began to acknowledge what God had done for him. He said, God, you have made me king. You see, Solomon, uh, Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. If you know David and Bathsheba's story, it's a Netflix. I mean, you can make a Netflix out of it. It's got, it's got adultery. It's got murder. It's got redemption. It's got the whole thing. And it's kind of, David and Bathsheba got off to a pretty sketchy start, and yet God chose Solomon, their son. Aren't you glad we serve a God who is merciful, who can wipe away our, man, I love that. It's so good. So here he, here he is, he's acknowledging, God, you've made me king. There was a lot of brothers involved, and God skipped over all those, and Solomon was king. He said, you have made me king. He acknowledged God. And then he, he humbled himself before God. He acknowledged, God, I need you in my life. He said, I'm young, I'm inexperienced. This is the King's translation. I'm young, I'm inexperienced. I don't know how to lead. I don't know how to come in or go out. God, I need you if I'm going to be a good king. And you know what? What Solomon prayed pleased the Lord. I don't know about you, but anytime the Lord's happy, I'm happy. And if he was happy with Solomon, he said, Solomon, he said, because this was in your heart and you didn't ask for a lot of stuff for yourself. You didn't ask, Lord, make me, make me the most famous king that ever lived. God, Make me the wealthiest king that ever lived. God, would you, would you make me just so, so well known that everyone just comes to see me? God, would you, would you kill? He could have said, Lord, kill all my enemies. I got all these enemies. I'm, Israel's always been surrounded by enemies. Lord, just kill all of them. Wipe out my biggest problems. Or God, give me long, healthy life. He didn't ask for himself. He asked God, I need you. I need your wisdom to be a blessing to these people. When God asked him the big question, Solomon had a great answer. What shall I give you? Solomon said, give me wisdom and knowledge so I can be a blessing to others. And that blessed God. And God said, okay, great. He said, I'm going to give you exactly what you asked for. He made Solomon the wisest man on the earth. People actually came from all over to see his wisdom, to hear his wisdom, to see what he was all about. He was world famous. So he made him famous. He gave him honor. He made him mega wealthy. He didn't even ask for that, but God made him mega wealthy. His wealth was incredible. All the gold they put in the temple, incredible. Made him wealthy. He gave him peace for 40 years. All his enemies. So he said, I'm going to give you what you asked for. He said, I'm also going to give you what you didn't ask for. 
I would, listen, as we look at 2024, I want you to be encouraged that you've got a God who can do just, he can do what you ask for and he can do beyond what you ask for. He can do good things and he, he's a good God. If he's good to Solomon, he will be good to us. And Solomon was a king that for years was just very successful, very strong, did a wonderful thing. Say, you know what? It was Solomon's money that took him off the rails. It was not. It was not his money. It was, he married too many foreign women. Just saying. No, actually, actually it said these women, what they did was, these women, he married them from all over and they would bring their gods into Israel and they turned his heart. And so, but for a while, he was on track. And when he's starting off here, he is on track. And what he did, we can do. So what we can do is learn from Solomon and go, I can do those same things. So here's, here's three things that you can do, that I can do, that we can do, that can make a difference in this year. Remember, we're talking about a different year. Everybody want a different year? Yes. A better different. Okay, so, so stay with me. So we're thinking, yeah, I want a bigger, I, I want, man, I want God to bless me and do all these things and, and take out and move my in-laws to Australia and do all this. No, no, hang on, hang on. We, we, want to go, we want to get this differently. Here's the first thing we want to do. We want a different year. We need to learn to seek God. Now don't change the, don't, don't close that tab. Don't close that window. Listen to me. Seeking God is not just for mystics and old spiritual women. Seeking God is for everybody. Jesus said, if you will seek, you will find. We're looking to make a connection with him. We want to connect with God. If we're going to seek God, what's that mean to seek God? Do I have to quit my job and just, just pray for hours a day? No, no, no. Seeking God means you begin to make room in your thoughts and in your time for God. You know, we got that Bible 365. Just start it this year. Just give it a shot. Say, well, what if I don't get everything done? What if you do more than you did last year? It's going to be a better year. So just, just start and jump in. But what you're doing is you're beginning to incorporate God's thoughts, beginning to get his thoughts in your thoughts. And then you pray, you spend time, you talk to him in prayer and you begin to, you begin to talk to the Lord and just tell him what's on your heart and you pour out your heart before him. And what are you doing? You're, you're making time for him. So well, I don't know how to seek God. Yeah, you do. You know how to seek. You ever sought for a vehicle? Both my boys had to get vehicles this year. Matt had to get a bigger truck for Project Playground. Michael had to get a bigger vehicle for a growing family. And both of them, they were seeking vehicles. What do you do when you're seeking vehicles? You're looking around. You're spotting them all over the place. You're on the internet. You're doing research. I, I would talk to them. Every time I'm talking to them, I'm hearing about the vehicles. Why? Because seeking vehicles had gotten in them. And so both of them found vehicles, they, but they did. I mean, Michael was searching all over the nation. Matt finally found one in Houston, but they got the vehicles that they wanted because they were seeking. If you go after God, you will find him and you are not going to waste your time. Here's, here's the, listen, here's, look at this verse. Look at this verse. Without faith is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. Two things you got to believe about God. That's a great way to start the year. I believe God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. I believe he is more real than the car I drive and the house I live in. I believe he is a good God and I believe he will reward me if I diligently seek him. Two things. He's real. He's good. He will reward me. That's actually three, but you can go with two. He is real and he will reward those who diligently seek him. You 
Listen, you are not going to be disappointed. If you go, you are not going to come to me at the end of the year and go, Alan, I sought God. It was a horrible year. You're going to go, Alan, I sought God. And he, he helped me. And he did some things in my life. He will reward you. Seek God. Number two, acknowledge God. Just like Solomon. So how do I acknowledge God? Listen, in your giving, when you bring your tithes and offerings, what you're doing is you're acknowledging that God is your source. See how quiet it gets? But it is so true. The tithe, the tithe is the first 10%. Offerings are what's on top of that. But listen, what we're saying is, that's, you say, well, Alan, we're redeemed from the law. We're not under the law. The tithe was before the law. The tithe started with Abraham. And Abraham did it because he had faith in his heart. And when you tithe, it's not a duty. It's, you're not paying off the mafia. You are honoring God. And you are saying, God, you are my source. It is an act of faith. And let me tell you something. God can do more with your 90% than you can do with 100. And he will bless. But what you're doing, but it, it's acknowledging, and it is an act of faith. And you're saying, guys, I, I can't get to the 10. Start somewhere. Start somewhere and say, God, this is where I want to be. But I want to acknowledge that you are the source in my life. Yeah. Acknowledging he's the source. Acknowledging what God has done. Giving thanks for what he's done. Yeah. Joy and I were just sitting in, I'm, I'm serious, we're sitting in the, in the emergency room. We're seeing all these hurting people. And we were talking about how grateful we were that last year we were going to doctors because I couldn't talk and God healed my voice. We were talking about it could have been much worse. We were talking about how we were glad that God had helped us. Our grandson was at home and God had healed him. Listen, the more you acknowledge what God has done, the more real he becomes to you. And the more you begin to realize God has done great things in my life, I'm acknowledging him. God, you've been so good to me. And without you, I wouldn't even be. There's a lot of us that could say, if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't even be here right now. So I will thank you, Lord, for that. And then here's, here's, here's the last one. You say, well, Alan, I thought you were going to talk about how to have a different year. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Doing some things differently in our heart and getting God involved in our life. Acknowledging our need for him. Say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you this year. I need you to be a better husband, better wife, better father, better mother, better. I need, I, I need God to be a better pastor, to be a better grandfather, to be a better business person. Just, just saying, God, I need you. You go, well, I'm self-made. Well, that ain't much. But if you'll get God involved, man, I'm going to tell you something. He can do some wonderful things. Look at this verse. Here's another promise. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may squash you like a bug. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I miss that? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It's when we come to him and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need your help. I need your grace. I need you, I need you to be a better spouse. I need you. And what, you, what are you doing? You're humbling yourself and saying, it's not all me, Lord. I need you. You acknowledge God. He'll exalt you. You ready for the last one? You seem less enthused with each one of these that I keep bringing up. But remember, remember, we're talking about doing things different because we want a better year. We, we want a different year. I don't know about you. I need more of God in my year. I, I need more of his wisdom in my year. I need more of his help in my year. I need more of his strength in my year. I need more of his peace in my year. I could use more of his provision in my year. I need more of God in my year. And if you're with me, he's shown us how to get there. 
Now here's the, here the last one, and listen, I want you to listen to me. I know some of you are young families and you got kids, and it's sometimes hard for you even to see beyond your neighborhood. But the last thing, it's real important. It's real counterintuitive. We need to ask God for something. We need to ask for something bigger than ourselves. See, this is where Christianity takes a hard turn. We, we are so focused, and I have done it, and I've been there, and it's so understandable. We're so focused. We have needs. We have problems. We have stuff. And we're like, God, I need, I need you. I need you to, to fix all my stuff. But here's, here's, here's just a different thought. What if we begin to say, God, I need you, and I know you'll help me. But God, what can I do for you? What can I do to be a blessing to others? See, when Solomon said, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge that I can lead your people. He's saying, God, this is, this is bigger than me. Well, I tell you, the, one of the biggest things you could do this year is have something bigger than you. Listen, my father started a business. He was a very successful corporate sales executive. And he left in 1969 and formed his own business. And I'll tell you something, we, I, 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 have, great, I have great empathy for family-owned businesses, the ups and the downs and the lean years and the tough years. We went through it all. And my dad, I think the largest he ever got was 17 employees. And, and then that, that cold down. And, but it seemed like it was, always, it was always a struggle and he helped me and we got, I mean, he paid for college and I appreciate that so much. He was a good father. Years later, when I was working for a company in Kingwood called Insperity, I, I read an article that absolutely just, just rocked me. And it talked about the difference between a mom-and-pop business and an entrepreneur. And it said the mom-and-pop business is a business that starts by a lot of times a man or a woman will start it and their family to take care of their family. And some wonderful business, nothing wrong with that, some wonderful business, some wonderful lifestyles can be there. It says, but typically they don't tend to scale up as big as the entrepreneur who starts a, a, a business because they want to bring a product or service to the market that they feel like will help people and they want to provide jobs. It's a mindset. I'm doing this for me versus I'm doing this to create jobs and bring something good to the marketplace. When I read that, I thought, that's exactly like God's kingdom. That's God's kingdom. Jesus said it in Matthew 6, He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right ways, and all these things shall be added to you. Guys, listen, I know that the tendency is we want, we want the blessings, we want the help, we want the strength. And a lot of times we get so focused on that, we don't realize, God, I, I want to shift my attention. I want to seek what honors you. I want to seek your kingdom. I want to seek your right ways. And when I do that, all these other things get added to me. It's counterintuitive, but it's such a path of blessings. And we can begin to realize this year that this is bigger than you and say, God, make me a blessing to other people. You talk about a different year, this is going to be a different year. I'll close with this. Francis Chan is a well-known pastor and uh, speaker. He used to be a pastor, I think he. And when he had a church, he had a guy that came in who was a missionary to Papua New Guinea. And he was talking about mission, being a a missionary in these primitive areas. And the speaker said at the end of his, his talk, he said, you know, he said, I have to give a lot of credit to my former youth pastor. His name was Vaughn. Vaughn taught me how to love the Lord and how to have a love for people. The next week they had another speaker that came in and this guy was reaching and challenging the church to get involved with sponsoring kids who were in poverty. 
And at the end of his speech, he said, you know, he said, I have to give a lot of credit to my former youth pastor, whose name is Vaughn, who inspired me to reach out and bless other people. And when Francis talked to both those guys, had come out of the same youth group. So the next week, they had another speaker came in whose name was Dan. And Dan was, had a mission to inner city kids in LA. And he was, he was talking about that. And after he finished speaking, he and Francis were talking. Francis said to him, he said, Dan said, he said, it's the craziest thing. He said, I've had two guys in here before you came and they both were talking about their former youth pastor Vaughn and how Vaughn had inspired them and how it was just, and, and Dan looked up, he said, I know Vaughn. He said, Vaughn is now a pastor in San Diego. He said, I was with Vaughn not long ago. He goes into Tijuana and he reaches and he brings people in and ministers to those kids who go through the garbage dumps. He said, everywhere he walks, he said, these kids are running up to him and he's just loving on them and hugging them. And he gives them gifts and food and he gets showers for them. And he said, these kids are drawn to him. He said, when I was walking with Vaughn, he said, I thought to myself, this would be like walking with Jesus. It would be like walking with Jesus. He said, Francis, it was the craziest thing, but he said, after I spent that day with Vaughn, he said, I felt like I had spent the day with Jesus. Francis Chan said, he said, he started thinking. He said, would anyone in their right mind say about me, if I've been with him, it's like being with Jesus? He said, I begin to pray differently. He said, Lord, I don't want to be a, the best speaker in the world. That doesn't mean much. He said, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the world. That doesn't mean anything. He said, but I want people when they're around me to say, wow, he's a lot like Jesus. This year, 2024, here's, I, I was thinking about that. I thought, you know, if I end this year and the people who are closest to me and the people who love me the most and who are most honest, if they look at me at the end of this year and say, Alan, you are more like Jesus this year than any other year we've known you. This will have been a successful year. This will have been a year that's a life changer. This will be a year. And, and this morning, I've given us some direction. Listen, I'm, 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 this is for me just as much as it is for you to seek him, to acknowledge him, and to ask for something bigger than myself, something bigger than than us, even for our church, that we can do something beyond our walls, bigger than us, more than ever, that we can be more like him. Would you bow your head for a moment? Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you are here this morning or watching online and you're saying, you know what, Alan, I, I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord. You can't be like him if he's not in your life. I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord or maybe you're saying, I, I, I had one. And I've gotten away from him and I know it and he knows it and I want to come back. Well, man, what a great day. What a great day. First Sunday of the year. Great day to say, Lord, I want you in my life or I want you back in my life. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. But if that's you that I'm talking to, I am going to ask you to do one thing. You say, Alan, I want a relationship with the Lord. I want to come back to him. Will you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just quickly across this auditorium and say, that's me. So I do. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. Anyone else? Just say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray? Great. We're going to do that. Obviously, I can't see you online. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And 
We're going to do exactly what we said. No one's coming down to the front. If you're online, you're by yourself, pray this prayer with us out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. But if you're here today, pray this out loud with us from your heart. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Head still bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. Father, thank you for everyone that prayed that prayer online here however they're watching. And Father, I thank you for those who've connected with you for the very first time and for those who have reconnected. Thank you for the change that will take place in their life this year because you have great plans for them. And Father, for the rest of us, thank you that you have great plans for us, that we can seek you, that we can acknowledge you in every part of our lives, that we can get out even beyond ourselves and live life on a bigger foundation. Thank you for that. Sir, we give you all the praise all the things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.